departing, y'all. I just wanna be hey. It seems like everywhere I go, everybody there trying to steal the show. So I'm here with my plan. I gotta let him be who I am. I wanna show that now it's our time. Today is my day to make you say day. Cause I'm getting my way. It's my time to shine and it's What's up, everybody? Welcome to the On the Warpath podcast. It's your host, Sanchez405. And y'all, it's been a while. What is it? August, I want to say, since the last time we did one of those podcasts. Um, really wanted to give it another shot. This time I'm back for real. I'm working on the YouTube stuff a little bit more. And I'm just glad I'm fired up to, to be back in. Today, we're going to talk about a, a couple of things. I know the season started out promising. Alex Smith, the injury there. Got a funny story about that. And uh, talk about Jay Gruden. What, what's his future look like? Why he should just quit and leave Washington now. He'll get a job. And grading some of the pickups. And who do I want to see? Uh, the Redskins getting a draft. So, off we go. It's the On the Warpath podcast. I'm Sanchez405, and I'll be right back. Back here on the Warpath Podcast, Sanchez 405 with you. And like I said in the first intro here, I, I said that I had a funny story about Alex Smith's injury. And it's not ha-ha funny. Well, it is ha-ha funny, but it has nothing to do with Alex Smith directly. But I, I do have a confession to make. I feel like I might have to go to a priest for this afterwards. I am the reason why Alex Smith broke his leg. I kid you not. I, and I, I take full responsibility for it. And some people might say I'm like light on, you know, humor. And, well, I might be heavy on the humor there. But I might be making light of the situation. I think that's the verbiage I was looking for. So flashback. Was it November 18th? So the fiance and I, we went with a couple of friends to Blacksburg. We saw the the Miami Hurricanes and the Virginia Tech Hokies. And I I really don't have a vested interest in football. I think uh, the NCAA uh, is a big scamaz, as they say, and our family. It's a scam, and I think that people may have their gripes with professional football and professional athletes, and they're they're too money-hungry, but they'll support uh, the NCAA, a college institution, uh, these Division One programs that are making multi-million dollar deals with the conferences and everything, but that's neither here nor there, so I'll move on from that. But the funny thing, 
me being the the dedicated Burgundy Gold fan, I am. I think of Sean Taylor. I think of Clinton Portis, Santana Moss. When I think of the U, of course, how can you not think of D Hall and a few of our recent uh, folks there that have been drafted? Kashawn Jarrett, um, homeboy who's in Kansas City now. I can't figure his name. Uh, Kendall Fuller. And you think of um, the two kids that came from Manassas, Virginia, by way of Virginia Tech. Uh, you got Settle and you got Strowman. Got a lot of Hokies there of recent. Uh, so I said, I'm just going to go support all these guys and I'm going to be in the Burgundy and Gold, in which I did. I, I wore it and uh, the fiance, she wore it as well, too. We almost got on TV. You can see like her neck and my arm uh, at the end of that ball game. but And we didn't make it on ESPN that day, so it's a little depressing. But I, I think we were able to live with it. So partially through the, the third quarter of this game, and the sun's going down in Lane Stadium, which I think the inner Sandman is the most overrated thing in, uh, professional, uh, in college sports. I wasn't. I wasn't blown away by it, but we sat there and, and, you know, we, a guy came up to me, he was an usher and he said, he said, oh, you're a Redskins fan, right? And I said, yes, sir, I am. He said, oh, I'm a Giants fan. Well, and then harmless banter, but this is what happened. I chirped up. And I told him, I said, well, I'm sorry, buddy. I can't hear you from the top of the division. Exactly. Yeah, I ran my mouth. I, and I, I'm not a crap talker, especially in season. It, I think that brings bad Juju McGumbo. And <laughs> looking back at it now, it really did uh, bring bad Juju McGumbo. And, and I didn't even realize it. And the next day, of course, Alex Smith broke his leg on the same day that Joe Theismann made it about him and his injury and et cetera, et cetera. But I think it was around Christmas time and my fiance told me and she looked at me and she said, you know, you're the reason why Alex Smith broke his leg. And I said, what are you talking about? And she's like, Think about it. And I thought about it for a second. What did you say to that guy at the tech game? And I said, no, that wasn't before. And then went out, bust out the phone, looked at the calendar, and I said, I'll be damned. You're right. So <laughs> I think it it's kind of the way nature works. Uh, the fact that you you shouldn't be talking crap. No matter how high you are, the team finished, dropped two places, saw Dallas and Philadelphia send them, and then go into the playoffs. And, I mean, granted, I, I can pass the buck off and tell it's all these fans who hated Alex Smith because he, quote-unquote, didn't move the offense efficiently. But they were still winning games, and, and that's another that's another story for a different day. Anyway, the Redskins went out, and rightfully so, go out, 
get Mark Sanchez. <laughs> Only reason why I like that move is because I could get his jersey and say, hey, that's still my last name. Then they went out and got Josh Johnson. <laughs> hey, he did win it. Josh Johnson did win a game. Uh, Colt McCoy got hurt uh, in that Philadelphia game. And I thought he played valiantly on Thanksgiving. There was a lot of hype because he had won in Dallas his first start with the Redskins, but that was four years ago. People, you know that I, I think there are some other circumstances that kind of preluded that, and that's an, another personal story I'll have to go into another day. But I just I, I really thought. that I may have jinxed this team. It, you know what? It was the Jacksonville game. That's what happened. That's when it, she reminded me of it. It was during the Jacksonville game that we thought we were going to lose, but we didn't. Um, then there, there's been a lot of stuff with this team that's just really, like, chapped my ass the last couple, couple of months. You go out, you get Reuben Foster. You're trying to send a good message after last, what was it, last spring? They said the Redskins had no respect for women because of the alleged things that were going on during the calendar shoot when they brought some season ticket holders over there and they basically pimped these women out. So then you go out and you get a guy who was just released from San Francisco because he doesn't know how to say no to his ex or doesn't know how to stay out of trouble however you want to frame it but like I always say where there's smoke there's fire and there's fire I, if it wasn't fire oh my gosh <laughs> the the whole neighborhood had soot and ash all over it because there was something there um, I wasn't a big fan of that move and then Several weeks later, and we saw the defense just declined over time. It got more and more inept. And right at Christmas Eve, so tasteless, they cut DJ Swearinger. Now, I'll never forget Grant and Danny. They were, um, they were complaining like, "Oh, he's not going to show up. He's talking all big and bad." He went to Jay Gruden's office and got cut. Why? Because he spoke up. And I mean, I know any other job, if this is anybody else, you, you're not going to be able to say what you, you want to say, or you have to say it a little bit more tactfully. And a lot of us don't work with the media. And I, I, I said this on the YouTube channel last night. I, I think about it. These players are a brand. They're their own individual brand. I don't care what you say. They're, what? No, they're they're a team. Uh, it's a team sport, so they're all for the team. No, 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 no. Don't don't give me that crap. Every player is their own brand, from Tressway all the way up to whoever's going to be the quarterback. They are their own unique individual brand. It's just like I said with retweeting. 
if you give a blind retweet, it's nothing more than a, a low-level endorsement. I don't care what you say, whether it's politics, sports, anything. I'm not retweeting something that I despise without making a comment. So that's where, and that that's that's what I think. And going back to to DJ Swearinger, kind of bringing it back in here. His brand got too bigger for the Redskins to realize. I don't know if they wanted to send an example. He still had, what, another year on his contract? Then they let him, they gave him the ability to basically go to a playoff contender. He didn't. He went to Arizona. But still, and yeah, I mean, you can argue, too, and I, I've argued this point, too. The man's been on three teams in, what, last four or five years? So you can argue that, too, and that's totally fine. Yeah, I mean, I'll agree. I, I, I'll agree with why you, or I'll understand why you make that point. But it was spineless. It, it really was. It was spineless of this team. People always say, you don't know what's going on in the background. It's spine, it looks spineless. Meaning it probably was spineless. And that's what this team do. And then I, I said, I, I had it. I, I was like, this team doesn't deserve to beat Philadelphia. And it got shut out. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. You bring Reuben Foster in there, who has a proven track record of not being the best citizen. But then you cut your defensive captain from a year ago and probably your best defensive player in during that season while his play had dipped off a little bit. I don't know, but it is what it is. They don't have DJ Swearinger. They got a hole at safety. So, and the team's a mess. It, it's basically like, oh, nine, we're living oh, nine again. During the Jim's Zorn dark airs. I'm going to take a quick break. I'm not going to quit on the podcast. But Jay Gruden should probably quit the Redskins. My reasoning after this. Second segment here on the Warpath Podcast, y'all. What I really wanted to get to, and maybe you might have just skipped ahead, I don't know, but Jay Gruden needs to quit the Redskins today. Sign, sign, put his letter of res- resignation in right now. Say, Dan, F you, F Bruce Allen. And yes, yes, I'll say it, F Doug Williams. Why do you why do you say this? Clearly, clearly this man has been emasculated by that little troll that owns the Bergen Angle. Goes out, interviews defensive coordinator candidates, 
We all know Greg Minuski's not a great defensive coordinator. It's been proven in Indianapolis and other places. But you're actively interviewing defensive coordinators, one without your head coach's approval, and you still have a defensive coordinator on the payroll, still in the office. Why in the hell would I want to work for you when you're already looking for my replacement? Tell you what Dan Snyder needs to do. He needs to look for his own damn replacement because this is getting old. Somebody said it in um, Eric Bickle, uh, 106.7 The Fan. Now, I know it's sensationalized. It's kind of like you're watching Fox News sometimes going up against North Korea when you're talking about the Redskins, a la North Korea. And then you've got like 1067 The Fan, which I mean, they have some of the best and worst worst talents on there. Chris Russell, terrible. Grant, Danny, I, I can tolerate them a little bit. The Junkies, um, I, I think they do more with their heart, and they, they're a long staple there. So I, I don't really have a problem. But Eric Bickle, um, the Junkies, um, said that Jay Gruden didn't find out about the Landon Collins signing until somebody in the media texted him. Now, what? <laughs> Now, if this is true, and on the Redskins, I'm sorry, like, you you say not any, a functional organization would do something like that. The Redskins would, and they're not functional. They're dysfunctionally functional. That's like, you got any job, you have a, a hiring manager, a recruiter. People fill out the application, they come in, they get ready, then they go meet the team manager or whatever of the team that they might join, get an interview there. This is like the hiring manager just taking that person up, hiring them, and putting them in a position. Even worse, probably. How can you, I mean, how can you, if this is true, how can you stay around? How can you, how is that acceptable? And then the part DC sports fan in me. We love drama. The whole damn city is drama. The whole damn region is drama. From the White House to the outhouse and back. It, it's all drama. You know, nothing's good in DC besides the capitals and drama. That's about it. Just that we're a, a city of haters. But I, if it's true, and then Doug Williams, he had the nerve. I don't. I separate Doug Williams, the football player, the first black quarterback in the 
in the Super Bowl winning history from Doug Williams, the vice president of player personnel. I don't do the scheme thing. That's a direct quote from him. I don't draw up the scheme. We pick players on talent. That's good, Doug. That's good. But why are you going to get a a 3-4? Why would you get a 4-3 linebacker and put them outside on a 43 defense? That makes no sense. That boy get eaten alive. Why are you going to have 10 safeties and plug them in at cornerback? That makes no sense. You can scheme up all you want to. You, I mean, you can pick all the talent you want to. And you should know this. The Redskins have seen great players come and go who were great with their other teams. You look at Adam Archuleta, didn't fit the system. Brandon Lloyd didn't fit the system. Oh, they're probably more. They're probably more, I'm thinking of. Can't think of them offhand right now, but Donovan McNabb, you traded for him, though. Didn't really fit the system, Mike Shanahan. So I don't get... You can have time, and this is the same thing I say about the Cleveland Browns after they got Odell Beckham. They'll struggle to 10 and 6. Because you can buy all the talent you want to, you cannot buy chemistry. You can't do that. It's the classic square peg round hole. You can't push, you can't force it in. It's not going to fit. It might be a pretty square peg, but if that hole is round, it's not going to fit in there unless you make the hole bigger. And then you fit the scheme either way. You just found a creative way around it. I I mean, I don't get these guys. I I don't get how this is cool. Uh, uh, Doug Williams which I'm actually looking up this story again, so I'm not misquoting him, because it's really amazing. And there's reports that um, uh, Grant Paulson said that some people weren't, uh, were not happy, quote, uh, not happy with Doug Williams' comment. I, I guess not. That's common sense, don't you think? And it came as when they talked about um, Landon Collins. And Doug Williams, he said, I don't do the scheme thing. Williams told reporters, when we look at players, we look at talent. It's up to the defense coordinator and the defensive back coaches to scheme them up, meaning Landon Collins. We're not in the room with the scheme. I don't know exactly 
what the scheme is. What? You bullshitting me. You really... How did he think that was... How do you think that's a kosher statement? I mean, that, that just... I don't get where Doug is coming from there. Maybe he's had too many concussions and that's uh, CT coming out. I really, I don't, I don't get it. And that, that just, uh, oh gosh. Like, I, this is just a, I wish I could pull up what he said about um, about women back in November when they got Reuben Foster. That would have been you have to. Yeah, I mean that that was some funny that that was the funniest stuff I've ever heard. It, it was sad. It was comical. But in comments like this, is if Jay Gruden has any half of mine, he needs to quit this team. They've quit on him. It's evident all over the place from the coaching search, Dan Snyder, Bruce Allen. You can't trust what he says. Worth it. He could tell. I swear, I don't trust Bruce Allen to tell me what color the sky is if I'm sitting right there in front of him. He tell me it's he'll tell me the sky's green. Like it's obviously gray sky. It's gray sky. No, 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 no. The house is burning down, Bruce. No, it's just just the kitchen. It's just the kitchen pilot light warming up. No, the, the whole kitchen's gone, Bruce. That's what he's done. He's burned the house up. Gone, Jay. Go 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 to Oakland with John for a year. You'll be better off for it. Let somebody else take this team over. Let Bill Callahan be the head coach. And we'll suffer in silence. Or we'll just revolt, be okay with it. They move on. And we'll just be complaining. It's the endless cycle as a as a fan of this team. It hurts me. But it's the truth. And you know, if you look in your heart, you know it's the truth. Got one more thing coming up here before I wrap up. Going to talk about what I expect out of the draft. You listen to the On the Warpath podcast. Back here, getting ready to wrap up everything, y'all. Um, draft's coming up. And we know Mr. Mayor, he's a big, big uh, draft guru. He's the in-house guru. And hopefully we get him on YouTube and do his mock draft. He did pick Monte Nicholson back in 2017, who <laughs> is probably suspended indefinitely after him and his girlfriend went your mama on a dude and Beat the crap out of him. 
Redskins need to draft quarterback, boys and girls. I don't know how this market is. Their rumor mill has had them either trading to Arizona to get uh, Josh Money Rosen, which I don't know about that one. He he was kind of a loner, kind of a jerk. Because Arizona's probably going to take Kyler Murray, who I think will probably be a bust too. A uh, local kid product. Um, Dwayne Haskins had a great first year starting at the or the Ohio State University. Great. I think he threw 50 touchdowns, 4,000-some-odd yards, has a laser arm. Um, Not really a big fan of quarterbacks that are like kind of one. Yeah, I mean, he's been he was there for two years, but this was his first full season to start. Well, maybe like to see him come back. Well, I guess he came out early because he knows that Tua took a lower. He'll be out next year for sure. Then you've got some interest. I, I think even as you go down, uh, you've got Drew Locke, who I I, I love Drew Locke. I, I really think this is the guy for the Redskins. And the reason why I say that, I, I was high on Blaine Gabbard in 2011. But I didn't do any research in Blank Gavin. I just knew he went to Missouri, and he was the second best quarterback in that draft. Granted, in the 2011 draft, uh, Cam Newton was the first, second, and third best quarterback in that draft. If we're being um, brutally honest, there, um, I don't know Ponder in that draft too, or who I don't even remember who was in that uh, in that 2011 draft. But it was. Um, it was not good. Cam Newton was number one overall. Blaine Gabbert, he went 10. Uh, Redskins traded that 10th pick to uh, Jacksonville and then moved down to spot 16 where they drafted the um, the showstopper himself, Ryan Kerrigan, um, in the 2019, uh, 2011 draft. And um, I thought it was kind of funny. Because he really didn't fit the scheme, but they made it work. So I guess <laughs> um, Doug Williams was right even before he came there. So good on him. But I, I mean, Drew Lock. I mean, the guy has played in the SEC. Um, I think they were in the Big Twelve when Blaine Garrett was there, so they had no defense to um, struggle against. Um, I liked the fact that um, he's played them. He's played uh, well against these teams. He's played in the coldest SEC school in uh, Missouri. So it gets cold out there. They get ice storms all the time. So he's been able to throw in those conditions at, at a high level. Um, Duke's quarterback, uh, Daniel Jones, I'm just not sold on him because, one, uh, his numbers didn't jump out to me. I haven't really watched tape on him, but the numbers were like kind of telling. Um, he uh, cut Cliff, who uh, was the offense coordinator at UT Tennessee, Knoxville, uh, when Peyton Manning was coming up, up and coming. He, he was quarterback there. I think he worked at Old Miss with uh, Sheila's Manning as well. And we know that they've got four Super Bowls in between them. 
both were number one overall picks. I don't, I don't know about Daniel Jones and just to how he kind of struggled through the the week ACC. I think he had a seven and six record in conference this year, but eh, you know we, we'll see where they go. I, I am infatuated with the young man out of um, out of West Virginia. I've seen him play a couple of times in Will Greer, and I like I like his arm. He's a little bit older where he had to wait out that year. But yeah, here here are the the um in the top ten. Oh, and I forgot about this too. Cam Newton, Jake Locker, Blaine Gabbard, Christian Ponder was twelve. And then it drops off. The next quarterback picked in there, Andy Dalton. Colin Kaepernick was in this draft as well. Ryan Mallett, Tyrod Taylor was picked in the sixth round. So, yeah, three quarterbacks that uh, that were ner- noteworthy. Four. Um, I mean, it, it's pretty pathetic. That, that's a weak, weak quarterback class. Uh, TJ Yates, who has made a, a living backing up, um, in Texas and in Houston, excuse me, in Atlanta. Jake Locker, he retired after three years. Blaine Gabbard has been a journeyman. Andy Dalton has always been underachieving. Colin Kaepernick, we know the story there. Ryan Mallett, awful. Ricky Stance, don't even know who that is. Uh, Nathan. Edward was drafted by the was drafted ahead of Tyrod Taylor. He was a quarterback from Idaho. Tyrod Taylor still trying to be strong there. I think he's getting ready to go out there to Los Angeles or San Diego or whatever you want to call it and back up Phil Rivers. That'd be good for him. And Greg McElroy, who was the last quarterback he's picked by the Jets. I actually think he did start a game for them, if I'm not mistaken, uh, back in 2012. Anywho. But yeah, I, I mean, DK Metcalf. A lot of people said that that might be a pick for the Skins. I like DK. He's got to stay healthy. I, I haven't seen that in his career where uh, he's been able to stay healthy at Old Miss being one of them Rebels. So, I mean, you've got Hollywood Brown as well, wide receiver. I think you have to go offense. You have to. You've been defense the last couple of drafts. You need to make a you gotta hit have a home run. But I, I'm not I'm not so um I'm not infatuated with rising up to the top, maybe to the three with the Jets to leapfrog Miami, Oakland, and uh, the Giants to get the quarterback you want, which they were talking about Haskins. I don't know. I'm just, you got to be able to protect these kids, too. That That's the big thing. And see what happened to Alex Smith. Oh, and now here's another day. Fix the effing turf at FedEx Field, and they might be all right. It's common sense. But we know the Redskins, if anything, their sense is very common. But, y'all, I'm getting ready to wrap up here. Uh 
like I said, we're going to try to get Mr. Mir on. Make sure you're here on uh, YouTube, listen, uh, watching us. Warpath Wednesday, it's back. We'll be doing a draft special. We'll probably be doing the live watch of the draft coming up later in April. But the podcast is back, y'all, and I'm excited. And I want you all to be excited. We're going to lead up. And I, I told my folks on YouTube, I'm back for good. And I can't wait to keep on going on this drive, this ride with you guys. As always, we say on YouTube, we say love, peace, and hail. I do appreciate everything. I appreciate the listeners that we do have on here. Um, if you want to collaborate or anything like that, or you like what you hear, shoot me a message. I'll edge you up on the. I'll, I'll edge you up there on the script. But like I always say, love, peace, and hail. And I'll be talking to you real soon. Sanchez four or five out.